0: We hope you enjoy this message from Matt Bruce, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. I love the Christmas season. Absolutely love it. I think I've been singing in the household pretty much every morning. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Nah, I'm just a Christmas fiend, eh? I love it. I hope you guys... Have been enjoying it as well, as much as I have been. Are we able to get a little more light up here? It's a wee bit dark. Thank you. So yeah, I'm an absolute Christmas fiend. Not a Christmas Scrooge at all. Very much the opposite. I love everything. I love the tree decorating, the family times. What else do you do? Michael Blue Bay Christmas album. It's beginning to look a little
1: like
0: Christmas. I love it. I love the turkey. I love decorating my house, did that two months ago, just drive past 59A Bologna Street when it's dark and you'll see how crazy I am about Christmas. Abby told me it wasn't allowed to go up till, when was it? The 1st of December, I think I had it up on the 2nd of November. (laughs) So I absolutely love Christmas, it's my favourite time of the year for sure. But who knows, as Justin says, sometimes we can get a little bit too involved in the festivities or distracted by other things that we actually forget what the season was actually really about, you know, what Christmas was actually celebrating. And I know I've been getting a little distracted this Christmas. Who's done their Christmas shopping? That's worryingly only half the room. <laughs> half of you aren't getting presents this year. But I don't know about you, but I went to the Meridian a couple of times and it was crazy in there. It was like, why am I here? It was nuts. There's people everywhere. And I thought it's weird how you can spend an hour in the mall. And after that hour, you think you need everything. So like, oh, I need that and I need this and that'll look good in my home there. And that'll look good there. And I need those clothes Oh, that jacket's nice. And you're just like one hour in the mall and I walked out like, I need everything. I've got nothing. This is weird. They know what they're up to, those marketers, eh? But then it's weird. You go and you, you go to like a tramping trip, right? you go on a week's tramp. And by the end of the week's tramp, you're like, I need nothing. The land is sufficient for me. Just me and my tramping pack. I need nothing. But it's funny how it takes a week in the wilderness to go, I don't need anything. It only takes an hour and a more when you need Everything. Oh, Christmas time, hey? But anyways, me and Abby were going to keep a pretty low key on gifts this year. So was the family, but we went out to Kira's where we're spending Christmas. Uh, But we went out there last night, and there was more presents than tree. (laughs) It was worrying. I thought, man, what does a Christmas look like when we do do presents? (laughs) So I've been getting a little distracted with the presents this year. I've also been getting distracted by the the driving. Who knows, Christmas driving's no fun. It is terrible. People, uh, like their mind goes off the window. They're already on holiday. I was in the parking. um, I was in New World the other, uh, like just yesterday. And there was these like cars everywhere. It was like manic. The little thing that said the car park was full was going off, but everyone was still driving in because they were just adamant they were getting a park. And there was this poor old man in his car. And there was about four cars all in weird angles trying to squeeze in. And he had to back out into this narrow little gap. And he was looking really flustered. Anyways, he backs out and on his way out, he just scrapes his front bumper all along this concrete thing, His beautiful car. And I thought, that sucks, man. That really sucks. And I'm just like, it's crazy how even parking can distract us in Christmas time and we all go manic and all of a sudden we need that park. And I even got distracted as well. We were in the New World like a couple of days beforehand. This says a lot about our shopping, Abby. <laughs> we're in New World a couple of days beforehand and we get to pay or give our receipt to get our thing, and I'd lost the ticket, and I'm searching everywhere. Luckily, the guy was really nice and let me out. He's like, just remember next time. I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. I don't want to have to pay for parking. But yeah, it's, it's easy to get distracted. So I think my biggest distractions this season have been my lights, the presence, and the driving. But there's one thing that I haven't been able to get off my mind. There's one thing that's been highlighted to me And this Christmas, well not this Christmas, but many Christmases ago, there was a little switch. But it's actually become very aware to me and I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not a big fan of it. So both Andrew and I, Andrew is our designer here at church and he was playing the keys this morning, we were in the office the other day or a couple of weeks ago and Andrew was doing his diligent work designing stuff for the Christmas Eve service and the Christmas carol service and the flyers and whatnot. And he was looking up online, he's like Googling like Christmas ideas or Christmas inspiration or into his like weird design sites that no one even knows about apart from Andrew. He was looking up Christmas ideas for inspiration. And anyway, he turns to me and he goes, man, there's like nothing when you type in Christmas. Like hardly anything comes up. Where's all the symbols? Where's all the ideas? So he goes into his computer and he types in Xmas. And thousands of results roll in. And I'm just like, what? I'm not a big fan of that. I don't love that Xmas had more hits than Christmas. I don't love that at all. Because Christmas is about Christ. It's not about an X. You see, in the summer I work for Crown Relocation's which is like a furniture removal place. As you can see, they picked me for my chiseled body, my tree trunk legs, and my guns up top. God designed me for it. Now nah, they did not select me of that, but I'm a workhorse. I keep going. I just say heroes don't last in that business. Seems to be working for me three summers in. But yeah, I work at Crown Relocations, and um when we move the house, there's a house, there's a thing called an invent, which is pretty much every household item. So we have to list every household item so that everything's accounted for at each end of the job so we don't lose half their contents on the journey. And on this invent, there's only like a little bit to write in each, each item. So we shorthand pretty much anything we can. So chest of drawers becomes COD, bedside cabinet, BSC, package, PKG, P-tub is a plastic tub. So we just shorthand everything. And anyways, this season, I've decided to write out one item in full. And that one item is that every house seems to move a Christmas tree, right? But on our invent, we usually write Xmas tree because it's shorthand. But this Christmas, I've been really diligently taking that extra second, taking that extra ink of that pen just to write in Christmas tree. Thank you for that, that golf clap there. I think that's all it deserved. I know I'm being a little pedantic, but for me, Christmas is about Christ. It's about Christ. You see, removing Christ from Christmas is like having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without peanut butter. It's like Coke without fizz. Why would you want dull Coke? Yuck. It's like a car without petrol, right? That thing's useless. It's like a door without handles. It's like a surfer without a surfboard. What are you doing today, man? I'm going surfing. Where's your surfboard? I don't know. You see, Christmas without Christ is like a cell phone without a charge. That sucks. It's like a backpack without straps. We've all had that at school before. It's like a pen without ink and like a shirt without buttons. You see, for me, Christmas is Christ. It needs Christ, not an X. Because Christ is the hope of the world. He's the hope of the world. He's the game changer, the redeemer, the grace giver, the sin taker, the healer, the joy forever. Christmas needs Christ. I'm not satisfied with just a wee X. When I think about an X, I think about a a calendar, and in the year, when the day's done, you cross it off. For me, Jesus doesn't just apply to one day. He applies all year. So that's why I need Christ in my Christmas. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, we read of the prophet Isaiah's expectation of the event that would become to be known as Christmas. And when Isaiah wrote chapter 7, verse 14, it wasn't exactly Christmas Eve. It wasn't just the day before Jesus was born. In fact, scholars actually believe it was between 701 and 681 B.C., when he wrote the Scripture. And in Isaiah 7, verse 14, which is up there, it's a prophecy that says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And this name Emmanuel means God with us. It means God with us. It's such good news. Such good news. So about 5 BC, which is approximately oh no, 676 So 696 years later, after this prophecy was written, God's promise arrives in the form of baby Jesus, conceived by Mary the Virgin, fulfilling the prophecy. I find that amazing. And we're 700 years later, and thus we have Christmas. And we celebrate the birth of Jesus. The title of my short little sermon this morning is With Us Christmas. With Us Christmas, Emmanuel God is with us. You see, the virgin will conceive and give birth to the Son, and they will call him Emmanuel God with us. My thoughts are that if He came to be with me, then I'm not going to remove him and replace him with an X. If he came to be with me, I'm not going to remove him and replace him with an X. I'm going to celebrate Christ this Christmas. I hope that you will celebrate Christ this Christmas too. Let's turn to Matthew 1:18 to25. I'll try to get out of the way of this one so you can see it. Awesome. I, when, I, when I read this, I actually thought this is like a 21st speech. Like every Christmas is like Jesus' 21st birthday because they tell the story of his conception and it's like, Mom, quit it. Quit it. Half the room already knows this story. Can you share a different story? And it's like, stop talking about my conception. It's weird. It's super weird, mum. Stop it. I know it's my 21st, but stop sharing the story. It's kind of funny, yeah. It's like his birthday, but we always talk about his conception. So anyways, it talks about us. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. The Christmas story, so simple, yet so miraculous. And in verse 23, it said, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. With us, Christmas. A question I think we've all asked is, does having Jesus make a difference? I don't know about you, but I've gone through lots of life circumstances or, or I'm on holiday or I'm fishing and I'm like, does Jesus really make a difference? Does He actually matter in this season or does it matter when I'm playing cricket that I have Jesus with me? And I really believe it does. I really believe having Jesus with us makes the difference. So I wanna give you five things this morning that are better with Jesus and God. Because I believe that this Christmas and holiday season is gonna be better no matter what we're up to, if we have Jesus with us. Cool, so can I give you five things? I can, fantastic, I'll be quick. Number one, the celebration is better when Jesus is with us. The celebration is better when Jesus is with us. I don't know if you've ever gone to a dinner party where you have to bring something, but it's actually quite a test. It's a test of how well you know the other people because you go to the supermarket, you're like, oh, now let's not get chicken Kale really likes chicken and he's coming to the party. So Kale will probably bring chicken. So we, we won't bring chicken. And uh, Abby really likes salads, So Abby's probably going to make a salad. So let's not make a salad. And Kara loves Coke. So she'll probably bring the Coke. And uh, so you start going rattling off things. You go, how can we get everything by working on what people like? But the problem with that is sometimes you arrive and everyone's expected everyone else to bring everything. And then it's like, man, where is everything? All we've got is 300 sausages. <laughs> when, we have, when we have our lads e-group, I actually make all the salads because I don't trust them. It's worked out well so far. But sometimes in our family, it's like if we give an example from my family, maybe we're going over for a dinner and we're like, mum's like, oh, maybe get some drinks or bring dessert or something. And it's real vague. So we go to the supermarket and we're looking, we're like, oh, maybe we should get a bottle of wine nah, nah, mum likes wine, so she'll probably bring the wine. And then mum's at the supermarket going, oh, maybe I should get some orange juice. No, nah, nah. Abby really likes orange juice, so she'll probably bring the orange juice. And then dad's at the supermarket down the road, and he's like, oh, maybe I should get Coke. I really feel like Coke. And then, and then he's like, nah, nah. Kerry actually really likes Coke, so she'll probably bring the Coke. And then everyone arrives, and everyone's expected everyone else to bring their favourite drink, but no one's bought any drinks. <laughs> and it's like, great, we'll have water. Not even sparkling, we'll just have water. <laughs> Good old mum. But there's a story in the Bible that's a little bit like this. And it's in John 2 where Jesus performs his first miracle where he turns the water into wine. And it's a celebration. And at that party, they actually had drinks, but then the wine all got uh, drunk. as they say so drunk? Drank? Drunk. drunk. Got drunk. <laughs> The wine all got drunk, and then it was this disaster because it was actually a a cultural thing that the guests would have had a lot, or like the people hosting would have had a lot of shame brought on them because they couldn't provide the wine. So Jesus then performs his first miracle. Mary calls him out, and he turns the water into wine. This season, when you're celebrating, Jesus wants to be a part of it. And when he's a part of it, when he's with us, the celebration is better. That party was better because Jesus was there. I think sometimes we think he's a bit of a fun sponge. It's like you're at a, at a barbecue and, and everyone, like all the beers have been drinking, all the wine has, all the Coke has, and you're like, oh man, we need some more things. And we always, I think that I'd think like Jesus is like, oh, there's water, guys. Because Jesus is the nice guy. He's the holy guy. He's like, oh, there's water. But I love this story because Jesus isn't like, oh yeah, bring me those water jugs and then send them out and there'll be water. He's like, no, bring me the water jugs. I'll turn them into wine because Jesus knows how to celebrate. So I think this season is number one, the celebration is better when Jesus is with us. I pray that this Christmas you'd celebrate with Him and have Him in your household. Number two, meals are better when Jesus is with us. Meals are better when Jesus is with us. In Matt 14, there's a story where Jesus feeds 5,000 people. I don't know how many people are coming to your Christmas. I don't know how if you're worried about your quantities, but Jesus fed 5,000. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good party. You see, in Matt 14, 20, it says, they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Who loves that satisfied Christmas dinner feel? It's like you've just had dinner and you slumber on over to the couch and and you're just a beach whale for the next four or five hours and you turn on the TV and watch Barbie, the Nutcracker, yeah. May or may have not happened with me and Dad one Christmas. Uh, it's too hard to move; the remote was too far away. <laughs> Another Christmas, we put on the darts, 180, and we watched that for about four hours because we couldn't move as well. But who knows that Christmas satisfied feeling is awesome. And in that verse, it says they all ate and were satisfied. I like that. Jesus knows how to feed us. He knows how to satisfy us. But what I love even more is that it says, the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Christmas leftovers. Oh, what's better than Christmas? Christmas leftovers. (laughs) Ham salads, ham semis, ham toasted sandwiches, ham on ham. (laughs) Last Christmas, Nana bought a ham, decided she wanted a bigger one, bought another ham, and then got gifted one, so we had three hams. (laughs) So much ham. We had like a pig. It's crazy. (laughs) But anyways, whatever's in your fridge this season, whether it looks chocker or whether it looks half empty, meals are better with Jesus, and he wants to be with us. He's not just going, hey, you guys go do Christmas, and I'll catch up with you in the new year. He actually wants to do Christmas with us. So meals are better when Jesus is with us. Cool? Number three, the beach bonfire is better with Jesus. The beach bonfire. Maybe it's a tradition in your family that you go to the beach around this time of the year or you go grab a bonfire. There's actually a story in the Bible in John 21 where he goes in, um, to, the, to the shore. He's just risen from the dead casually. And he's at the shore and he goes to see his disciples and he calls out to them and they end up coming to him on the shore. And when they arrive, Jesus has already stoked up the bonfire and he's already put the fish over the coals. I love that. I love that even in the relaxing season, even when we're chilling out, even when we're just having a bonfire, Jesus wants to be with us and it's better when he is. So when you stop and chill out this season, when you refresh, don't forget that Jesus wants to be with you in that too cool? Number four, this one's a little liberal. Don't take this too theologically. Summer boating and barefoot water skiing are better when Jesus is with us. Just ask Peter. There's a story in Matt 22 where Jesus walks on the water and he invites Peter to come on the water too and Peter takes a few steps barefoot on the the water there. Barefoot water skiing. He just didn't have a rope attached to the boat and no motor on the boat. But from this, what I take is that Jesus loves to bring us on adventures. He loves to go with us on adventures. He loves us to to be uh, trying new things and he opens new pathways for us. And he specializes in the impossible. He's not just like, hey, what's the next logical step that most humanity takes? He goes, what's your calling? Where can I take you? So that as you adventure this summer, remember that Jesus wants to be with you and that He's going to open up doorways that look impossible, but He's equipped you to do it. Number five, the last one. The hard circumstance and the whirlwind season is better when Jesus and God are with us. This is a big one. The hard circumstance and whirlwind season is better when Jesus and God are with us. In Matthew 8, there's a story when the disciples are crossing over and the the storm comes into the lake and the waves are uh, throwing the boat to and fro. And Jesus is asleep in the boat, but he's still with them. And Anyways, they're freaking out. They think they're going to die, so they go wake him up. They go wake him up, and he calms the storm, which I love. And he says, ye, little faith, but then he calms the storm. And it wasn't a criticism. It's just going, hey, guys, remember who's in your boat. Because who's in your boat gives you a fair indication of whether it's going to sink or not. He's the one who's going to hold it fast. So this season, if your Christmas looks a little stormy, if family situations are looking a bit strained, if job situations aren't looking certain after this Christmas, if houses aren't looking like they're coming into place or there's anything that's happening, don't forget who's on your boat. He can calm the seas. This next thing I absolutely love. In 1 Kings 19, 11 to 12, hopefully it comes up. I love this. He wasn't in the earthquake, the fire, the wind, but he is in the whisper. And why does God whisper? Why does anyone whisper, right? You only whisper when you're close. You only whisper when you're close. Our God is near us. Come on, our God is with us. He's close enough to whisper to us. He's not distant this Christmas. If he can whisper to you, it means he's in close proximity. It means He's with you in the storm. It means that all those things that pass through, He's close enough that He could whisper and you'd still hear Him. I love that. That's how near He is to us. With us, Christmas. No matter what your season looks like, whether good or bad, whether celebration or disappointment, Jesus and God is with you and the presence makes a difference. Presence makes a difference. My favourite verse that led me to a true, meaningful relationship with Jesus is John 10.10. 10. I love this. My first journal I ever wrote had this as, my, has this as the key scripture to it and everything was put around it. It was incredible. And John 10 says simply, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. In some version it says life abundantly. I love that. There's so many people who think religion crushes everything. who think that faith is the absence of fun. I just allude to this scripture. I've had the best time. I'm living life abundantly. I'm living life full. And what's even better, there's more out there. It's not just about me having fun in my 20s. It's about me having fun all the days of my life because there's fullness in His name. I love that. So some of my illustrations or my five little points may have sounded a little silly or up for interpretation. But truly, I believe that when Jesus is with us, all aspects of life are better. And He's interested in all aspects of life. Recently, me and Abby have been going through a a time where there's a little bit of uncertainty, a little bit of wilderness around jobs, around a house, around just anything that's really stability. And we've been really praying, but I haven't felt like I've had many answers. But Raylene, Pastor Raylene, I love Pastor Raylene. She's awesome. One of the greatest encouragers, and she always prays, And when she says she's going to pray for you, she's going to pray doubly for you. It's not like, I'll pray for you when I remember. It's like, I'm diligently praying for you. But anyway, she came to me just this week. And she said, Matt, how's the job situation going? And I told her, I was honest with her, I'm like, i got no idea. Absolutely no idea. And she just gives me some wisdom and then tells me, hey, I'm going to go pray for you. I'm like, thanks. Thanks, Rayleigh. Anyways, an hour later, she comes down to my office and she goes, Matt, what are you dreaming of? What are you dreaming of? And I'm like, told her what I was dreaming about. And she said, God's given you those desires for a reason. So don't forsake them and don't neglect them because of the need for a job security. And I'm like, wow, that's great. And then she said, we're just about to go into our weekly prayer meeting with our incredible uh, prayers who pray for our church every week. Ruth, incredible. I love you guys. Thank you so much for the diligent prayers that you have for all of us. And they go pray and Raylene comes out, sees me in the kitchen. It was like a day of seeing Raylene. Raylene pops and sees me in the kitchen and she has a a word for me. And she just says to me, hey Matt, I saw a picture and I just saw God take your hand. And then I didn't actually hear the rest of the prophecy because all I needed to hear was that he took my hand. Because he's with me. He's not just waiting at a destination going, Matt, where are you? What are you doing? where are you? You're meant to get here by this time, by this reckoning. Why aren't you looking at all those things? He's like, no, no, I've got your hand. I'm going to walk you through the season. It meant so much just to hear those simple words. So good. But anyway, she gives me this prophecy and then she gives me a book. She's like, I, had, I was meaning to give you this book and it's called Experiencing the Impossible and it's by Bill Johnson. And it's like a wee devotional. So you, uh, it's based on hope, love and faith. And each, each day you read one of, the, one of the devotionals and it has that theme. But anyways, a couple of days beforehand, I'd begun writing my sermon and thinking about, hey, what, is, what does Christmas mean to me? And what's God really been talking to me about? And it was this whole with me thing. Anyways, I started reading this book and I'm, I'm into day two. And it was incredible. The devotional was on Christ being with us. I love that God can surprise us. No matter where we are in our faith journey, He can surprise us. It's amazing how much He cares. I don't get it. I'm like a speck of dust, but He cares so much. He sets up things and people in my world just so He can have a relationship with me, just so He can encourage me. So I'm going to read you just what it said. It's in page 19. You guys can read this book later. It's awesome. So it was called, The presence of the Lord upon us positions us for miracles. And the starter says, many times throughout the Bible, the Lord spoke to his servants saying he would be with them. Sometimes he even described it this way the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. I once made a list of every such encounter recorded in scripture. I found an interesting truth. Whenever the Lord said he would be with someone, it meant they had just been given an impossible assignment. Whenever the Lord said he would be with someone, it meant they'd just been given an impossible assignment. That's awesome. Moses, he says, I'll be with you, Moses. Moses has to lead people out of slavery, out of Egypt, cross the, the river, cross the sea. He does all these incredible things, but it's because God's with him. He just received an impossible assignment, but God says, I'm with you. What about his successor, Joshua? Joshua has to go take a land that has a fortified city and giants surrounding it. It sounds pretty impossible to me, but God says, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you, don't worry. What about Gideon? Gideon has a nice little army, highly outnumbered. Jesus halves it, chucks even more soldiers away. He's like, ah, oh, the odds were two in your favour. I only specialise in the impossible, so I'm giving you 300. But he says, I'm with you again, and that makes a difference. And then the disciples with the Great Commission, I don't know about you, but the Great Commission seems a little scary. It's quite big. Some would say impossible, But he says, hey, I'm with you, disciples. I'm with you. Love it. Maybe you feel like you've been given an impossible assignment. Maybe you've received some bad news or your situation looks like it's never going to resolve. You just don't know how it's going to come together. But don't fear, because if you have an impossible assignment, then God's going to be with you. He doesn't give impossible assignments without being with us. I love that, so good. He's close enough to whisper, close enough to whisper. You see, Jesus had the most impossible assignment ever. Tom Cruise couldn't solve this one. I really like Tom Cruise, so I'm glad I got him in a sermon. He had the biggest mission impossible ever. You see, his mission was to save us from our sin to save us from relational separation with our Creator and bridge the gap so we could always be with Jesus. I'm so thankful that He chose to be with us, that at Christmas He came and He came onto this earth and He took on our earthly limitations and He lived a perfect life and He battled through the abuse and He stayed on the will of God even when it hurt to the point of crying out blood, sweating out blood. But He knew that God was with Him and when he's with them, the impossible becomes possible. With us, Christmas. If he came to be with me, then I'm not going to replace him with an i I'm not going to replace him with an X. I'm going to celebrate Christ in my life this Christmas. Let's get the band back up while we wrap it up. Heading back, because I think we need to, because I'm not over it yet, to my Christmas versus Xmas debate. And the distraction of Christmas You see, one of the greatest attention seekers at Christmas is this guy called Santa, right? Santa Claus. Now, I actually really like Santa, really like Santa, even though I was the kid who crushed everyone's dreams and told them that he wasn't true. I was literally that guy on Sundays before Christmas. Santa's not real, man. It's not real, and kids would cry. I'm like, it's best they know now. (laughs) They're only set up for heartbreak later. I was like the policeman when I was younger, so I was making sure people knew that Santa was not real. (laughs) I'd go to school and tell people, Santa's not real, guys. It's just how it is. But anyways, I actually really like him despite not believing in him. You see, my mum was great. She's hilarious. I asked her when I was younger, I was like, Mum, why don't we do Santa? Like, why don't I ever get presents from Santa? And she just looks at me and she says, there's no way that Santa's getting the credit for my present that I bought you with my hard-earned money. My name is going on that present from mum. From mum, 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 mum's bank account. Santa did nothing. I'm not writing his name on it. Useless. I love my mum. She's awesome. She's so great. I think that's a great philosophy. Don't give this guy in a seat credit. So I actually really like Santa. I like watching Christmas movies with them. Polar Express, quite a goodie. I like the New World ads, speculating about Santa working at New World. I love seeing like Santa decorations everywhere because it's quite joyous, right? So I'm not against Santa. But here's the thing with Santa. Santa only visits once a year. He just comes once a year. And his gifts, his gifts are conditional. Were you naughty or nice? Just visits once a year and His gifts are conditional. Were you naughty or nice this year? Did you behave this year, Matt? Ooh, no present for me. But I know a man called Jesus. And unlike Santa, he doesn't just visit once a year. His promise is in His name, Emmanuel, God with us not only that, he's given us his advocate, the Holy Spirit, so that he's always near me. I love Jesus because his gifts and provision in my life are not conditional or dependent on my behaviour. They aren't even reviewed year by year. It's not like, hey, what did Matt get up to in 2017? What did he get up to in 2016? What is he going to get up to in 2018? Nah, I always find my name on a list called the grace of God. Every year, year after year, no matter what, through and through, no matter if I've sinned more than I ever have, no matter if I'm more disappointed than I've ever been, no matter if my faith is actually growing smaller than a mustard seed, I find my name on a list called the grace of God. I love that. I love that. And I like to think that Jesus is always giving me gifts. He doesn't wait for my birthday or Christmas. He's giving me peace when anxiety strikes. He's giving me love when I'm still working on my sinful tendencies. He's giving me patience when frustration and retaliation want to come out at my expense and others. He's giving me provision in all seasons. God once said to me when we were a bit tight financially, He just said to me, Matt, you may go through seasons of more and less, but you'll always be in a season of enough. I love that because sometimes we judge God's provision on whether we're in overflow or whether we're just don't even know where it's gonna come from. But I love that God's constant, his character's steady. So he says, you've always been a season of enough, man. Maybe it looks like less to you. To me, it's enough. I love that, his provision in all seasons. He's helping me to not fear the unknown or others. Weird how we get so scared of each other, eh? He's giving me truth when I can't find it. He's igniting joy when the enemy wants to depress. He's lighting the path when it's dark and He's strengthening my knees when I'm weak. I don't know what you're going to receive this Christmas, but I'd probably give it up for all of those. I'd probably give it up just to know Jesus is with me again. Because when He's with me, it changes everything. I love when we sing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Because it's not just this weird, kooky person. It's not this little spirit. The Holy Spirit brings with him the gifts of the Spirit. When I'm welcoming him, I'm welcoming in joy. I'm welcoming in peace. I'm welcoming in love. I'm welcoming in self control. It's not just about a name, it's about the gift it brings. I love that. My Jesus knows how to give gifts. I think He's the best gift giver ever. And it's really up to us whether we want to receive them. It's really up to us. I love that unlike Santa, Jesus doesn't break and enter into anyone's house through a cheeky chimney-like entrance. Santa's good at that. He's like, where's the most random place to enter this house? The chimney. I'll sneak in there. You see, Jesus is bold enough and loves each one of us enough to stand at the front door and knock bold enough to do that. And He stands there knocking even if we don't open up. He stands there with love even when we open the door and all we yell at Him is abuse. But He stands there. I love Jesus because He doesn't try to sneak into anyone's life. He isn't devious or misleading. He simply stands at the front door and lets you decide whether you want to answer or not. I think that says a lot about His character. So often in this world, I feel like we get fooled into things. How can we present this image or how can we sell this thing with the best, like, misleading stuff ever that's not too misleading, so it still meets the consumer act, but you want to buy into it, right? But I love Jesus, he's not like that. He's literally lights himself up with Christmas lights, stands on your front door, makes sure you can see him, knocks as loud as he can. <laughs> because He's not worried about rejection. He's worried about giving you love. I love that about Jesus. He's not like Santa. He's not just trying to get in and get out, drop the prison. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet? This Christmas, God's with us. He's with us always. Emmanuel, God, with us. Come on, and I believe Jesus makes life better. I believe he makes life better. I believe he created fun. He's not a fun sponge. He created fun. And I believe he's interested in adventure. I don't think Jesus condemns or is disappointed when we rest. I know that lots of people feel a bit guilty over Christmas. Oh, I rested up a bit. I didn't probably didn't seek the Lord as much. I don't think Jesus condemns those who rest. I think he simply is with you. He's close enough to whisper don't forget to whisper to him this season come on I believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me maybe you've been given an impossible assignment maybe the season isn't looking so hopeful you're like why do they sing all those songs about hope but I believe that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you because he's with you it's not about your strength it's about his come on I believe Jesus takes all sin away It makes anyone new who asks for His presence in their lives. I believe it is the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't lie to me. Come on, I believe that Jesus being with us makes all the difference. I pray that this Christmas, you look at that little Christ at the start and you go, man, He's with me. He's got my hand. He's whispering in my ear. He's with me as I have a beach bonfire. He's with me when I'm out boating and skiing. He's with me as I eat that meal when I indulge myself too much. He's with me when I don't even know what's coming in the next season. He's with me when New Year's resolutions just seem hopeless again, but Jesus whispers, hey, they're not a dumb idea, Matt. I'm with you. Come on, He's with us through everything. I think Jesus is good for life. I think He's good for life. I wouldn't want to do it without Him. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit EquipusChurch.com.